Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. This is episode 426. We've got a great special guest here. Um, Adrian knows him a little bit. Uh, um, it's Adrian's dad, actually. But we've got Paul Toby with us. So now Paul um, is a well-known um, coach, business advisor in Canada and also in the USA. And we're going to be discussing online education. You know, he runs his own courses, but also some deeper topics so, um, Paul, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Sure, Jonathan. Thanks for having me on. A, uh, and the question is, uh, is it okay if I tell you a little bit about myself? Uh, sure. So I was a professional uh, concert jazz pianist for the majority of my life. And I know that sounds like an odd thing uh, doing what I do these days, but it actually was a good thing because it taught me a lot about what it means to be successful in life. For example, uh, one of my mentors used to say, uh, it only takes two things to be successful in life. One, you have to be emotionally involved. And two, you have to repeat things over and over again until you truly understand them and get measurable results. And when he told me that, I looked back at my music career, which lasted about 22 years, and I got to see a lot of the world. I played in 17 different countries, and I was on a large American record label called Arcadia. And I recorded for them. I made eight albums. And uh, that came to a screeching halt because uh, there was a bunch of things that happened to me at the age of 41 that most people wouldn't want to go through. There was some health problems. There was some... I don't know if you know what tinnitus is. It's a loud ringing in the ears. Yeah. Um, that's not good for a musician. Uh, <laughs> and Arcadia was struggling at the time because of the aftermath of 9-11. So, because they were, you know, right next to the World Trade Centers. So that was the end of my recording contract. And my wife and I actually went completely broke. Adrian was very young at this time. And we uh, literally had to leave uh, our house. Uh, we lost it to the bank and, you know, a bunch of other things happened. And we ended up sort of living in my parents' spare bedroom for a couple of months until we sort of figured out what to do next. And then I just sort of went on this soul searching thing that trying to determine what the heck am I going to do with the rest of my life? Because, uh, and, and things got pretty bad financially because I'm, I'm pretty sure, Jonathan, in your audience, uh, business people don't really need a piano player in their business. So even if I had put a, a resume together, it wouldn't get me very far in the business world. And I didn't have any business experience. So how does one transform into the, <laughs> uh, the place that I am now? Well, the answer is, is that uh, not only did I walk across Spain once to sort of figure out what I wanted to do with the rest of my life, but I also started just relearning. And I picked a different school. I went to a different school than most people go to. I already had a degree in music and that didn't serve me very well financially. So when I went back to school, I went back to millionaire school. I went back and I learned from people who actually had measurable real world results and could teach those steps to me 
uh, one by one. And I took a number of different courses, read a stack of books, and essentially just started my own business 17 years ago. And uh, over the past 17 years, it's turned into an, uh, not, not just a full-fledged training company, but a marketing agency. Uh, we run a lot of online products. I'm also helping uh, Groundhog with his business, uh, Adrian with, with his Groundhog business. And what I'd like to say about all of that is, I think, and we talked about this before the call, Brian Clemmer said, if how-tos were enough, we'd all be skinny, rich, and happy. And I can tell you that I'm, even though I'm a really, really smart person, I believe, I mean, I don't know, I've written like nine symphonies and performed them with an orchestra. Uh, I'm sure I'm not your average you know, sort of in level of intelligence, but that didn't mean a hill of beans when it came to real world financial success. And so how did I turn all that around? And the answer is I had to, there was a bunch of things I didn't know yet. And I had to learn what those things are. Oh, that's a fantastic introduction. Um, and, a, and a very open one. Thank you so much, Paul. Adrian, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Uh, so for those of you who don't know me, my name is Adrian. I'm the CEO and founder of Groundhog. Uh, if you require any sort of marketing automation in your business, you're looking to do email marketing, you're looking to do, uh, you're looking to save yourself a little bit of time in the delivery of your uh, in your products on your website, or you want to increase the amount of that you're able to follow up with prospective leads, then we offer sales and marketing tools that allow you to do that right within your WordPress website. Go to groundhog.io, uh, where you can download our free plugin uh, and start implementing that today. That's great. And before we go into the main part of the interview, folks, I just want to quickly mention one of our great sponsors, and that is Kinsta Hosting. And what Kinsta does is they only specialize in WordPress hosting. And what does that mean to you? Well, the speed of your website is really important. It's well, <coughs> bless me, listeners and viewers. Um, it's one of the main ways that Google um, basically measures the effectiveness in SEO terms of your website. And speed of hosting is really important. Kinsta uses Google Cloud Hosting. Um, which is some of the best framework hosting you can buy on the market at the present moment. And what do they provide? They provide a really easy UX design interface and they provide some of the best support on the market, to my belief, on the market at the present moment. All their technicians are highly trained. It, they're big enough to have all the resources, but still small enough to really care about their customers. If that sounds interesting for you or for your clients, go over to kinsta.com. Um, look what they've got to offer. I'm sure you're going to be totally blown away by their service levels. And if you do sign up, tell them that you heard about them from WP Tonic. So, Paul, that was a great introduction. So, um, you know, let's just start off with uh, marketing automation because we had a quick discussion before the show. Um, I get the feeling that a lot of people think, oh, autom um, marketing automation is going to really solve all our problems in this company. What's, what's your being? Do you agree with that? A lot of people think that way. And what's been your experience of that idea that marketing automation is the wonder bullet? You're muted again, Paul. Press that button. <laughs> so it, it tells me to press the space bar temporarily if I want to like, and you have to hold it, but that doesn't seem to work. Anyway, so the answer to your question is multifaceted. 
Let me start first start with marketing automation. Well, only my questions are about efficiency. <laughs> so do we use it? Yes. Are we considered to be experts in that? Yes. We've been doing it for a very long time. Yes. Uh, various different products, not just Groundhog, but Infusionsoft and Active Campaign and a bunch of others. So what we find is with autom- marketing uh automation is that it will take care of the mundane marketing tasks that you do not have time to do, especially when you're doing for hundreds of people and sometimes thousands of people. It will follow up with them. It will book meetings. It will book consults. But what it won't do is it won't understand how to solve somebody's problem. So what you have to do in our experience is that if you want to solve somebody's problem, you first have to understand what that problem is. You have to have experience in solving it or other problems like it before. You have to come up with a step-by-step solution that solves that problem, either with or without their help. Then you have to back that up with some type of world-class support because If you just say, here's how, and here are the steps, and here's a document on how to do that, it doesn't mean that they'll be able to follow it and make sense out of it. And then finally, because it may take some time, it may take some investment in terms of dollars and resources, that person sometimes needs to be talked into it. And that that is a a shift in perspective. Oftentimes, we think that if, if how-tos were enough, we'd all be skinny, rich, and happy, and that's just not the case. Sometimes there is deeper issues. It's like sometimes you have to look within oneself to know, why am I not succeeding? I have all the tools. I have all the automation. I have a great website. I have all of these things, yet I'm not making money. And the, the answer to that is, is that are you truly in service? Are you actually helping people? Do you understand universal law and how that pertains to rolling out a product that actually solves somebody's problems? And if you help enough people get what they want, then you can have what you want. If you're trying to take before you actually help, then that's what's happening in today's entrepreneurial world. Here's my great product. Everybody should buy it. Does that product actually solve someone's problem without a lot of other problems uh, being created as a result? Does that make sense? It certainly does, Paul. Over to Adrian. So where does, um, can you just, uh, there, all right, perfect. Muted the microphone. Um, so you're mentioning that yeah, you have to help enough people or, or you're, you're, you have to help enough people get what they want before you can have uh, what you want. Um, that, that, did I get that right? Yeah. Okay, perfect. So um, where, what, how do you quantify, how does someone quantify that they're actually being able to do that? You know, so, so, you know, someone's probably at home right now and they think they have a great product and they, and they think that they're able to do that. How do they quantify that? Because they're, you're, they're looking at their statistics, they're looking at their numbers and it's just not adding up. How does someone, how, do you have a strategy or can, is there a, is there a test that you can take to say, I'm, I'm quantifyingly being able to do this? So I think the answer is if you've solved somebody's problem and you know that you've done it and that person has responded with a, yes, you've solved my problem. Thank you so much for helping me. 
and you've solved it with a step-by-step solution, a product, a service, or whatever it is, then you have a duty and a responsibility to, to continue to share that with other people, whether you get paid for it or not. Now, I know there's a lot of people that are saying, well, I need to get paid for my stuff. Well, sometimes, not always. Sometimes just the act of giving and helping will have a universal impact on the way the universe kicks back opportunity. And so oftentimes we get stuck in that, well, I need to get paid for my stuff. And that may be true, but there's also some other things that are happening in the background that you may not realize. So I always say this, 99% of the creative process is complete before you see any evidence in your physical reality. And oftentimes we're too much in a hurry to reap the rewards. For example, when do, when do you harvest, Adrian? Uh, well, ge- generally, uh, in terms of Groundhog, we, uh, our main product is absolutely free. Uh, so we operate on a freemium model. Uh, we offer our whole basically suite of tools that allow you to run almost an entire business without paying a cent. And then only when a business gets to a certain level, will they actually come and maybe shell out some dollars in order to get more advanced features or integrate other platforms. So as someone who's known you for quite some time, (laughs) I would say you harvest when it's harvest season. And what people in business tend to do is they try to harvest their crops before it's harvest season. And so they look for evidence. I'm sure you have enough common sense to know that you don't plant a seed in your backyard today and you run out tomorrow, rip it out of the ground and demand to see immediate results. You nurture it, water it, transplant it. You do whatever you can until that plant eventually turns fruit or flowers or whatever the crop it is you're trying to harvest. One of the things that I know about you is that in, in, in raising you and working with you for some time, you have patience. You are harvesting when it's harvest season. I, I know your financials. I know that you're a startup. I know how well you've done. And I know your profitable months and your non-profitable months. What I know is that you're not in a hurry. You're building things methodically. You're also building a product based on constructive feedback, not just from us, but from your clients as well. And you're taking all of that into consideration and you're not in a hurry. And that's really the point that I'm trying to make. A lot of people are sitting at home going, my product is awesome. It solves the entire world's hunger problem. I don't understand why nobody's buying it. And the answer is because you haven't helped enough people yet in order for it to take on a life of its own. One of the things that I noticed with Groundhog is that the Facebook group is now handling itself. That's an amazing thing. When people start to use a product and they start to experience it, they start to answer each other's questions, freeing up you and a lot of your time to build 2.0 or 3.0 or or all the things that you're doing. Does this make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Jonathan? Oh, yeah. I'll just go with the flow. Uh, Folks, uh, um, so, Paul, um, you also do a lot of online training you know, and we have a, our kind of three pillars is um, information for the e-learning entrepreneur, marketing optimization, and of course, a focus on WordPress. So we have a kind of three areas that we cover on this show, Paul. So you've got a fair bit of experience on online training and education. Can you give some of the things that you've learned, um, some of the mistakes? a couple of mistakes you made which you um, learned from when you was 
doing your first online courses or your online training, which you think could the listeners get some value from? Um, what do you think about that? Well, I started training when there was no such thing as online training. What we would do was back in the days of Auto Response Plus version three and self-hosted crappy WordPress websites, we used to put out PDFs or some type of e-book e- e- platform, and that was the extent of our training. Now we have all kinds of video resources uh, at our disposal. But even though we have all of those things, what I find is people don't really understand two things. The first one is, is that your content is secondary to the context at which you present it. For example, uh, if you fill a bowl full of water, the water represents content that is being held together by the bowl. But if the bowl springs a tiny little leak, all of the water, which is the content, will leak out. In the context of a presentation, information is boring for the most part. If you think about the way that it's being delivered, if that person, for example, never pauses or asks a question or takes the time to understand how people absorb information, then that co- then the information is just flat out boring and people won't listen to it. Am I making sense? Oh, yeah. So yeah. I, I help people train on context. For example, I just finished a three-day, I mean, that, that's literally like the shortest seminar I give is 16 hours. But I just finished a three-day seminar where it was 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. for three days straight called Train the Trainer. It's helping people do better presentations at conventions, conferences, when they're invited to be speakers, whatever. I trained almost a thousand speakers in my career. How did I learn to speak? I'd have, I have and paid for nine different public speaking teachers and mentors. And I've learned a lot of the context of the way that information is delivered. So that's one. You, you can have the best audio equipment, video equipment on the planet, but if you don't know how to connect with people and you don't know how to engage people, then your content will fail, period. Doesn't matter how great the content is. Doesn't matter how great uh, the information is. If people can't absorb it and it's not in a step-by-step format and is not engaging, it won't work. Two, in terms of the, the actual presentation itself, what we've learned is that the best way to present information is in an interactive manner. Don't just put a bunch of videos together and throw them in an online membership site and expect people to consume them. You need automation to follow up with people to see if they're consuming them. But even then, if that information is not interactive, you will lose a significant portion of your audience because generally you haven't activated somebody's natural will to learn. We call that suggestology. So what's it called? Um, I don't know how to pronounce that. Suggest. Suggestology. I haven't even heard of that word before. Yeah, so I wrote a whole book about it. It's actually Suggestology, and people can buy it on Amazon if they want to. It's called Suggestology. Just look it up. Uh, It's it's the art of activating someone's natural will to pay attention and actually learn. And it's a very difficult thing to learn. Uh, Typically, our school system does not do this. Our school system is essentially a glorified babysitting service. Um, And teachers aren't taught how to present information. They're taught how to lecture. And if you've ever been to a lecture before, lectures are boring. So 
But if you look at the way that we're doing That's Ambitious, and you can go check this out at thatsambitious.com, the information that we put into the membership area is recorded videos of interactive presentations. It's not just a presentation. It's an interactive presentation that was done via live stream. We use Ustream. I built an entire television studio to do this with a video wall, an embedded video wall. Uh, and it's very, very professional. I spent a lot of money putting that together. And I believe it's second to none in the live stream sort of e-learning context. Um, and what, what is it? It's an entire year, every other week, every other Thursday, at, from 10 a.m. to noon, you come online or you come into our facility in Toronto and you learn personal and professional development over an entire year being guided by an individual who went from zero to, uh, you know, I, I hesitate to say that. I, I, it's funny when I say it, but, you know, I, I'm a self-made millionaire. And, you know, I find most people don't know how to do that. Most people don't know how to go from where they are financially now to being solvent at all. They're, they're looking for just a way to pay the bills and just a way to get by. And that's not what I'm helping people learn. I'm helping people build businesses. I'm helping people understand the context of, of, of delivery of information and how people absorb information. And I'm doing it in a very, very, uh, we're doing it in a very, very professional way. So one is context, two is professional. Everything that you put out must be different. You know, I always make the analogy to this because like, I do a lot of training for CEOs and they, they need to understand their marketing processes. And one of the things we do is an inside advantage process, the stuff you know done by Bob Bloom and, and those guys. Uh, but basically, what does that mean? It means, well, what's your uncommon offering? So if, if you're just trying to be like somebody else, that's never going to cut it. You have to be individualistic. You have to be unique. You have to be different or uncommon. For example, Jägermeister, which you may have heard of, is for most people not that great in alcohol. In fact, it kind of tastes like lighter fluid. But it's very, very profitable company based on one skew. How is it profitable? Because it doesn't have to be better. It just has to be different. And so it built it a whole following based on how different is it in the marketplace. So when I put out a live stream presentation, the TV studio is different. The video wall is different. The interactive process is different. Everything about it is different so that when... And, and I'm not looking for everybody as an audience. I'm looking for high priority targets who want to engage in a very step-by-step -step format, personal and professional development. That's not for everybody. I'm not looking for everybody. And I think part of the problem with today's entrepreneurs are they're trying to sell to everybody and therefore they're selling to no one. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I know it's a hard lesson for myself because um, I moved from America from a, a successful retail um, business, which I started when I was 24, um, with my American wife, you had enough of English weather. Um, and I became um, just a general WordPress developer stroke consultant. And then a few years ago, I realized that actually it's easier if you find your niche. And that's how I got into membership and learning management systems. We're going to go for our break, folks. It's been a fascinating discussion so far. It's been um, really interesting. I'm, I had listened to Paul. I did, I did actually know that uh, Adrian was your um, son, actually. But I listened. I can't remember the podcast, but I um, 
listened to a previous podcast that you did and uh, you were excellent guests. And that's why I asked you on the show, actually, Paul. We're going to go for our break, folks. We'll be back in a few moments. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com just like the podcast coming back i've been a bit mesmerized by old paul here i can i can tell why uh the, the ceo's go for him uh um, i'm gonna hand it over to agent sure so um in the past uh uh, we have, uh, I used to work for those of you who don't know, I used to work in Paul's digital marketing agency and I did so for quite some time. Um, and we experienced, uh, several failures in terms of actually trying to set up online content that, that we would be able to actually distribute, um, called the, the training business pros membership area. And, uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit about it. Uh, for a moment, simply because uh, th- this is this is one of the things that is like a is a real big do not do because it it, it was just one of those things that it was always like a, a side project and uh, we didn't really think it out that well and and therefore it was never really super successful. So maybe Paul, here if you want to elaborate on a little bit about what I'm talking about, here here here's something. If you're planning on creating a course and 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 starting a content. A, a, um, a digital learning platform. These are the things that is probably just a great idea to not do uh, simply because for, for many of the reasons that were highlighted before the break, uh, it's not different. It wasn't engaging and, and, and all of those things. So why don't we just t- uh, talk a little bit about that? So if I get your question, you want me to tell them all the things we did wrong? Yes. Uh, so the first big challenge that we faced was really finding a learning management system that actually did what we wanted it to do. Oh, I can help you there, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the first one, Adrian, I, if I recall, was Memberium. Is that right? Uh, yeah. That's, that, well, that was the first membership platform. Yeah. And then the next one? Uh, we tried S2. And then we tried WPEP. Yeah. And now we're on LearnDash. Yeah. Right. So that's four different ones. Plus there's a a bunch of research on others as well. So I think what I'm trying to say is I think one of the mistakes we made was if, if you don't know how to do something, trial and error is not always the best answer. I think maybe what we could have done differently was sought out a higher level of expertise in order to guide us Uh, in the beginning, and we probably would have saved a lot of time and energy. So that's number one. Uh, Number two is I would say we don't need a lot of content to start a membership site. I think a lot of people try to get everything done and automated before they actually launch the project, and then they launch the project and now they're out of money. Uh, 
So they don't have any money. <laughs> so they don't have any money to advertise. They don't have any money to, you know, marketing usually comes last. My, my answer to that is market first, deliver later. Now, you must always deliver on your promises, but make sure that the promises you're making up front match what's actually in the membership area. If you're telling them that it's ongoing training, which for example, that's ambitious it is, have at least an outline of what's coming. I don't actually, you know, it's interesting. I don't, I don't prepare for a two-hour online session until typically the afternoon before that. And all I do is put together the exercises. I don't even need to put together the content because if I've heard about it, read about it, talked about it, or formed an opinion about it, I don't have the right to teach it. Until I've actually done it and got measurable results from it, then I don't need to do any research. I already know what the steps are and I can put that together very quickly. It's the exercises and the interaction that matters. So if, if I were uh, saying, well, what were some of the mistakes that we made in the beginning? It's like we're trying to figure out how to put together an entire program versus putting together one program at a time. Uh, the third thing is, is the interaction between the membership platform itself and the automation. People don't consume information unless you track their response rates and you intervene when they don't consume. Even if they're paying. It's, it's amazing. Lots of people are paying for that's ambitious uh, programs, they're paying monthly, it's being deducted from their credit cards, yet the show rate is less than 50% per course, even though everybody's paying. So they're not even, and they're being reminded the day before, they're being reminded half an hour before, and they still don't show. So people are busy. And that's one of the things that's a really, that's the, what, what is it? That, that's the, that's the, um, What was that? Yeah, they, people consume information not when you're ready to give it to them, but when they're ready to consume it. Thank you, Nancy. It's nice to have uh, people that can tell you the answers, isn't it, Paul? I'm, I'm here on my own. So I, just I, have a, I have an open concept uh, office, so everybody's uh, sort of listening. Some people are on the phones, up they're doing whatever, but they're, they're sort of listening in. Right. <laughs> um, also, um, based on my own experience, Paul, it was linked to what we were discussing in the first half of the show. Um, I find a lot of um, people new to the e-learning um, environment, you know, you know, they want to build a course based on their experience. And it was based on your, um, about the vessel and the water in it. Um, to prove value, um, for their course, they literally want to throw war and peace into it. You know, it, um, it's a it's a 50, 52 week course with um, um, two hours per module with additional uh, information, and it all has to be developed before um, we can actually launch the course. And of course, it will never will be all developed. Sometimes it is, but normally it's a bad sign. And when it is all provided, that there's no pre-testing or um, none of the things that you just outlined to Adrian's question. So there's no even idea that it's even really meeting the need of of the target audience. It, it, you know, it's educated guessing. 
um, they're not fools, they're not idiots, but they're making a lot of guesswork. Is that something that you generally uh, would agree with and you see um, based on your own experience? One of the initial things that I did when I transitioned out of the music business is when I went and got training, uh, it was Harv Ecker who told me this. He said, he didn't tell it to me personally, he probably told it to 200 other people that were in this session. Uh, if you learn something and you can prove a measurable result that is significant in any way, then you actually have a duty and a responsibility to share that with other people. The problem was, is that at that time I was broke. I couldn't share business information or financial information with people because I didn't have any. And I think a lot of people, they try to jump the queue, if you will, by putting presentations together based on information that they've basically got from other people, not information they've actually implemented. So one of the things you want to avoid is the concept of truly faking it before you make it. I, I believe in the concept of, of, of faking it, but not in that context. You, you can't fake information. If, if all you've done is read a book and now you're re- you're putting it together in a different format, but you actually haven't learned anything because you don't have the result, then you really have the right to teach that. So what was I supposed to do? I have a duty and responsibility to help, but I have nothing to help with. So then I started thinking about, well, what, what, what do I actually know? Well, I knew how to get a record contract. I knew how to put a tour together. I knew how to make an album. I knew how to sell an album from the stage. I knew how to package an album. I knew how to get cover work and artwork and whatever. And I knew how to play the piano. So one of the first things I started out with was I, I started selling sheet music online. So what I would do is I would take pop, pop, public domain sheet music, actually mostly Christmas music, believe it or not. And I'd make jazz versions because that was different than most people would play at their annual Christmas concert. And they would literally download it by the tens of thousands of people. The, the, the largest audience I had was actually the Philippines where everybody plays an instrument. So that's a, that was a good audience for me. And then, you know, you can't get rich at $7 a, a piece of sheet music. So what I did was I started making online piano lessons. Well, that's exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about a considerable effort to put together uh, 10 piano lessons, an hour to an hour and a half a piece that could actually take people uh, from the from the level that they're at to a level of improvisation and improv on piano there there's rules to follow it's not just you know winging it but I didn't do that what what did I do I put up a web page on my website that said this I said learn to improvise in ten weeks or less guaranteed lessons by professional concert jazz pianist Paul Toby. And then in big red letters, it said, coming soon. <laughs> and I put a little box there and I said, if you want these lessons, you show some interest, you give me your email address and your name, and I'll let you know when they're ready. I didn't even start making those lessons until there was 500 people on the list. Yeah, well, so many people don't do that. But, it, you know, some people, got a, they've got a brand name, they've got a... Um, recognition in their target audience. So, um, but if you haven't got that, you know, you really want to listen to what Paul's just said because it is it is rather important. 
I'm going to put it over to Adrian. Just to, yeah, just to continue on that conversation quickly, because a lot of people think build it and they will come. And a lot of times that's, that's really just not the case just because you build something doesn't mean people know that it's there. Doesn't, they don't know, you know, your story. They don't know the value that you're providing. Uh, even if you have a brand and you have uh, a following just because you you have those things and you put together a product that nobody asked for doesn't necessarily mean that your following will go and buy it. So um, I think there's actually there's more. I'm not. I, I know that there's more to the there's there's a little bit left off after the put in your email address and I'll let you know um, about it. So I'm actually I just want Paul to finish that story because I think the 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 follow up after that is really or at least the rest of the story is important especially if you're currently in the process of planning and putting your information together and um, collecting an audience or or if you haven't started collecting an audience for whatever product you're going to put out there this is this is you definitely need to listen to the rest of the story in order to see here are the steps that I can follow uh, almost to the letter in order to make sure that I don't go out and spend $10,000 putting all of this information together and then I don't get my $10,000 back in return I think that's great, but I think we're going to leave that for the bonus content because we really got to wrap up the podcast part. Of the show. Um, hopefully you can stay on for another 10 minutes, which we call our bonus content, which people can view on the WP Tonic YouTube channel. If you want to see um, bonus content or you want to see our interviews the earliest, we normally place them on the WP Tonic YouTube channel um, before we actually release them as podcasts. So go over there and subscribe. Um, Paul, um, I've really enjoyed the interview so far, um, but if people want to find out more about you and what you're up to, what's the best online resources for them to go to to get that information? That's ambitious.com. Oh, that's simple. If only it was so, so, so simple for so many of our guests. Um, Adrian, how can people find out more about you and Groundhog? Uh, so if you've been listening to this, uh, can you, would you mind just muting your microphone, Paul? Thank you. Um, so if you've been listening to this podcast and we've been talking a lot about marketing automation and how that ties in with the learning experience, if you'd like to find out more about how you can utilize that to increase engagement with your students, increase uh, the number of students that you have, then you can head on over to groundhog.io to learn more about the marketing automation solutions that we provide. You can install them directly into your WordPress website and hopefully be able to start utilizing that in order to grow your business. That's great. And if you're looking to build a learning management system or member, become an e-learning entrepreneur, come to the WP Tonic website. We've got a ton of information that's all free. Plus, we can help you get set up on WordPress on one of the leading learning management WordPress systems can get you up and running dramatically quicker than you doing it yourself. And we have an, a number of packages that help you do that. So if that sounds interesting, and also you can book a free half hour consultation with me. I'm pretty easy to get hold of. Um, like I say, we'll be back next week with a similar, hopefully a great guest like Paul, providing insight and information to make your learning management, your e-learning journey um, fulfilling and profitable we'll see you next week folks bye thanks for listening to wp tonic the podcast that gives you a spoonful of wordpress medicine twice a week